Welcome to the Albany Update with Reverend Jason J. McGuire, Executive Director of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. Now, with this week's Albany Update, here's Jason McGuire. On July 13, 2023, the Republican-led U.S. House of Representatives took two key votes to beat back the Biden administration's pro-abortion, pro-transgender policies affecting the United States Armed Forces. The House of Representatives is in the process of crafting this year's National Defense Authorization Act. Passed annually, the NDAA authorizes funding for the armed forces. The National Defense Authorization Act also authorizes military aid to freedom fighters in Ukraine. Accordingly, it is commonly viewed as a must-pass bill. Conservative members of the House successfully lobbied Republican House Speaker Kevin McCarthy to allow votes on a series of amendments to the National Defense Authorization Act. Two important amendments to the NDAA passed the House on July 13th. The first amendment is a pro-life amendment. It would reverse a March 2023 policy that lets service members take an administrative absence of up to three weeks to obtain abortions without having to use their leave time and provides travel reimbursement for service members and their dependents who obtain abortions. The clear purpose of the Biden administration policy is to enable service members in states with pro-life laws to travel to pro-abortion states to end their pregnancies. The pro-life amendment passed the House by a vote of 222 to 213, with two Republicans opposed and one Democrat in favor. The second important amendment relates to transgenderism. In 2021, the Department of Defense implemented a policy under which military service members may obtain taxpayer-funded hormones and surgeries to facilitate so-called gender transitions. Well, on July 13th, the House voted 222 to 211 to amend the National Defense Authorization Act to reverse this policy. House Democrats and their allies in the mainstream media are aghast. They argue that by passing these amendments, the House Republicans are imperiling the passage of the NDAA in both the House and the Democrat-led Senate, and in so doing, jeopardizing both our national defense and our ability to continue supporting the war effort in Ukraine. According to Representative Jim McGovern, a Maine Democrat, House Republicans have managed to mess up a bipartisan bill and put it on a path to becoming a hyperpartisan one by loading up with every divisive social issue under the sun to placate a dozen or so far-right MAGA-wing nuts. Well, the attempt by Representative McGovern to portray House Republicans as extremist aggressors is dishonest. It is the Biden administration, not the Republican-led House, that picked a fight here. If the Biden administration had not taken executive action, to impose controversial abortion and transgender policies on the armed forces, these particular legislative battles would be unnecessary. Under the Constitution, Congress has the power of the purse, and it is perfectly within its rights to use that power to rein in a rogue executive. House Republicans, including those from New York, are to be applauded for their principled stand for life and for gender sanity. They should ignore the poisonous rhetoric from the left and stick to their guns on both issues. Now let's turn to some state issues. Based in the southeast portion of the New York City borough of Queens, New York, the 37th Assembly District does not seem likely to make political headlines. The district tilts so strongly to the Democratic Party that no Republican has even bothered to seek election there since 2012. 
when a brave Republican then was defeated by a margin of nearly 7 to 1. However, a potential 2024 primary is shaping up in AD 37 that could make history for all the wrong reasons. The 37th Assembly District is currently represented by freshman Assemblymember Juan Ardia. Assemblymember Ardia holds a bachelor's degree from Fordham University and a master's degree in public administration from New York University. Before running for Assembly, Assemblyman Ardia worked for then City Councilmember Brad Lander and for the Legal Aid Society. A progressive, Assemblymember Ardia was endorsed by Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. In March, a woman alleged that Assemblymember Ardia attempted to pull her into a restroom while she was intoxicated at a party in 2015. The woman, who has not identified herself publicly, stated that a friend of hers observed that she was intoxicated and pulled her away from Assemblyman Ardia. The same woman alleged that Assemblyman Ardia sexually assaulted a second woman at the same 2015 party by pulling her into a restroom, forcibly kissing her, exposing himself to her, and beginning to gratify himself. The second woman allegedly bolted out of the bathroom and immediately told her friends what had happened. Assemblyman Ardia later wrote to one of the women and made a vague apology for his conduct. After the allegations against him became public, the assemblyman released multiple statements, including the following. I apologize for my behavior. I have spent time reflecting and I hope to prove I have matured since college. I'm committed to learning from this and I am able to demonstrate my own personal growth. A slew of Democratic elected officials, including Governor Kathy Hochul, called for Assemblymember Ardia to resign. In addition, the New York Police Department opened a criminal investigation, and Assembly Democrats denied Assemblyman Ardia access to discretionary funding. In June, however, Assemblyman Ardia changed course and denied the allegations against him. The Assemblyman released the results of an investigation conducted at his request, and those results, predictably, indicated no wrongdoing on his part. Assemblyman Ardia admitted to consensually kissing two women at separate times during the 2015 party, and apologized for having engaged in unspecified immature and regrettable behavior. At this time, Assemblyman Ardia has not said whether he will seek re-election. If Mr. Ardia does run for re-election, he will face a Democratic primary challenge from Amelia de Caudin. De Caudin, 24, is a biological male who self-identifies as transgender and non-binary, and uses both she, her, and they-them pronouns. According to the LGBT Foundation, the term non-binary is used to describe people who feel their gender cannot be defined within the margins of gender binary. Instead, they understand their gender in a way that goes beyond simply identifying as either a man or woman. While DeCaudin attended the City University of New York, it is not clear whether he has graduated. In 2018, DeCaudin was elected as the youngest ever member of the New York State Democratic Committee. He represented a portion of Westchester County. Currently, DeCaudin is a Democratic district leader in Queens, where he has resided since 2020. He is one of the first two transgender persons to hold a district leader position in the state of New York. As City and State New York indicates, District leaders are unpaid members of a political party's county organization who help to participate in political decision-making, including which candidates receive party support in elections. De Caudin is a democratic socialist. 
According to the city, he spearheaded a successful effort to amend state election law to affirm that non-binary New Yorkers can run for political parties' county committee positions that require gendered contests, with men and women running separately. If elected, Ducardin would become New York's first transgender lawmaker and New York's first non-binary lawmaker. Given that five news publications offered fairly extensive coverage of Ducardin's campaign announcement, it seems that he is serious about his campaign. At New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms, we do not know whether Assemblyman Juan Ardia sexually assaulted anyone in 2015. However, the Assemblyman's walkbacks and vague apologies raise questions about his claims of innocence. If the allegations against Assemblyman Ardia are truthful, he is unfit for public office. Emilia Ducardin, on the other hand, appears to be a deeply confused young man who has embraced two dangerous ideologies, socialism and transgenderism. At New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms, the potential 2024 Democratic primary in New York's 37th Assembly District brings to mind two false beliefs concerning women that sadly are prevalent in our culture. The first is the false belief that men are entitled to treat women as sexual objects. 21st century Americans need not look far to see evidence of this destructive lie. In our culture, the belief that men and women should abstain from sexual relations until marriage has become archaic. Instead, our schools, our media, our television shows, our movies, and our songs teach young men that premarital sexual sin is expected. Pornography is available at our fingertips. Day after day, both inside and outside the church, we see examples of males engaging in sexual behavior that is cavalier at best and predatory at worst. Prostitution and even sex trafficking are illegal, but they exist nonetheless. The Bible offers a very different perspective on women than our culture does. In Proverbs 31, the Lord reminds his people of the great value and worth that he places upon godly women. Her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtually, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Proverbs 31, 28 and 30. In 1 Peter 3, 7, speaking of husbands and wives, the Lord says, Likewise ye husbands dwell with your wives according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Women are precious in the Lord's sight. They should be precious in the sight of men as well, and should be treated accordingly. The second false belief about women that must be addressed is the false belief that womanhood is a state of mind, not a God-given biological reality. Over the past two decades, the transgender lie has seeped into American politics and culture. According to that lie, if a male wants to be a woman, he can be a woman. It's all about him and his feelings, and he gets to decide his own gender. As Christians, we know differently. Genesis 1.27 says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Our loving and creative Heavenly Father made each of us male or female. Gender is not an accident. And despite the futile efforts of some men to make their bodies into imitations of women's bodies, it is not changeable. Rather, it is a core part of each person's identity. Like the rest of his creation, God called it very good. 
Next up, a recent State of Politics article highlights a pro-family bill that passed the New York State Legislature this year. The legislation addresses the troubling issue of pornographic deepfakes, defined as pornographic media created using an artificial intelligence that includes a person's image without their consent. Apparently, advances in artificial intelligence now make it possible to superimpose a picture of a person's face onto a picture or video of another person's nude body in a realistic-looking way. New York law already bans the publication or distribution of nude and or sexual images and videos of a person without that person's consent. The bill would extend to those provisions to include pornographic deep fakes. If passed, this legislation would allow jail terms of up to one year and $1,000 fines for persons who violate its provisions. It would allow victims to sue for money damages. According to the sponsor's memo, deep fakes are being weaponized against innocent and unsuspecting victims, and they are becoming increasingly more common. Sensity, a cybersecurity firm, reported that of the 85,000 deep fakes currently circulating the web, 90% demonstrate non-consensual porn featuring women. As this technology improves, these deep fakes appear more realistic, and it becomes nearly impossible to tell what is a real image and what is doctored. New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms supports this legislation and encourages Governor Kathy Hochul to sign it. Persons who use other people's faces to create obscene content without their permission deserve to be punished. You have been listening to the Albany Update, hosted by the Reverend Jason J. McGuire, Executive Director of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms exists to influence legislation and legislators for the Lord Jesus Christ. To learn more about this ministry, issues you've heard on the program, or to make a financial contribution in support of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms, visit albanyupdate.com or call 585-225-2340. Additionally, you can mail correspondence to P.O. Box 107, Spencerport, New York, 14559. You can receive the latest legislative updates at facebook.com slash albanyupdate, follow New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms on Twitter at Albany Update, or sign up to receive the weekly Albany Update email by texting the word FREEDOM to 22828.